Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! Welcome in to another edition of the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether it's live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Um, if you're watching on any of those platforms, feel free to give out uh, your comments, questions, concerns. I'll see them here in the feed, and uh, we'll uh, address those questions if you if you do have them. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or you can follow the show on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and click that notification bell to get alerts when we do go live or when another podcast has been posted. Thank you so much for tuning in here, guys. Um, You can give me a follow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, if you want to see shorts um, of the show, shorter clips. So tune in. And uh, let's uh, talk about the opening game here the of Big Ten play. The loss to Wisconsin, 38-17. So it felt like a similar story to last week. And it played out uh, a lot in similar fashion. You had the inability to get off the field on third down. You had the turnovers, uh, especially in the second half, that just to see, that seemed to eat you alive and kill any momentum that you maybe tried to have. You dug yourself uh, an early hole like you did against Syracuse, and you you had to deal with the quarterback that used his mobility, and you struggled to slow him down, especially in that first half. They did a whole lot better job of of slowing down uh, Tanner Mordecai in that second half when he tried to take off and run. They did a better job of corralling him and were able to not allow him to go off and have any big, huge runs that he did in the first half, the ones that were especially impactful. So it was a better dynamic to see from that defense in that second half. And that defense did step up in the second half after allowing – uh, three straight touchdown drives to start the game. Uh, they forced a punt uh, on their fourth drive, but I'm I'm not as down as I was last week after the Syracuse game, uh, just because that was uh, just horrible luck, and it never felt like Purdue had a chance to really get back in that in that game, and that there wasn't really a lot of hope or a real a real chance that I thought Purdue was going to be back in this game um, for so it was an an opportunity for Purdue to give themselves a chance and I don't know that they necessarily 
were ever going to fully complete the comeback, there was a little bit of hope, you know, after they got it within, you know, nine points. But I really don't think that there was, after they dug themselves into that hole, there really wasn't a good um, momentum shift. It always seemed to get stopped by turnovers or it seemed to be, um, you know, a spot where Purdue couldn't convert or an oddly turnover or a penalty. And I know a lot of people are upset about the refs um, tonight, especially defensive pass interference. I'm, I'm with you on a lot of those calls. But I, I think that, especially on that Hail Mary to end the first half, I think that one should have been called. I just don't necessarily think the ref is going to call it in that situation uh, just because it's a Hail Mary throw. But, I mean, when you see Purdue receivers just getting dragged and pulled down to the ground and shoved down to the ground, you're like, what? how can you not call it? And I'm right there with you guys. And I think that this game got off to a bad start. I think that they dug themselves into a hole and you got flashbacks to a week ago when Garrett Schrader torched the defense on the ground. You had Tanner Mordecai running at will and how in the world is this defense going to stop a mobile quarterback who actually can move a whole lot better than Tanner Mordecai. Because if they face a, a quarterback like Jeff Sims, who can run, now we'll, I don't know if he'll necessarily start, but if you're in Nebraska, why wouldn't you put him out there and let him run? Because this Purdue defense has shown the inability to slow down a running quarterback or at least contain him. Uh, but like I said, they did do a better job in that second half of, of doing it. And Mordecai wasn't really able to get loose on some of those runs, but you got flashbacks early on to a week ago, and you're thinking, here we go again. This is a defense that really struggled to get going in that first half. They struggled to find any chance or combination of defensive pressure up front um, or the ability to stop the run, they couldn't do anything with that front seven. And I was was hopeful that they would be super dominant or have the ability to um, be able to slow down uh, Wisconsin. But I thought that there was a chance that they could compete and at least slow down the rushing attack, attack a little bit. I don't necessarily think that they did a good job in that first half whatsoever. Uh, Malusi and Allen and Mordecai were able to run all over that defense. Um, Tanner Mordecai and Hudson Card didn't really have all that much to say through the air tonight. Um, I thought both secondaries played um, well, but I don't know if there was a anything that 
uh, Purdue did particularly well in that first half on either side of the ball. Uh, I thought they moved the ball well towards the end of the first half, but it ends with a an interception in the end zone. But the penalties early on really killed the, the any drive that they had. I think it, their first three drives, um, Fox Sports 1, FS1 put up a graphic that their average down in distance, or their average distance on third down on the first three attempts was 18 yards. So penalties really killed this team in that first half on those first drives. Um, and then that second drive that Purdue or that Wisconsin had took like eight minutes off the clock. And there was nothing that Purdue could stop Wisconsin on third down. I mean, it was it was horrendous. They, I think they converted on their first eight third downs. Uh, they finally got a stop in that second late in that second quarter and forced a punt, which allowed Purdue to uh, attempt a, a drive at the end of the first half. But I I was really concerned in that first half that this was going to be a 30-point uh, blowout. It ended up being a 21-point win for Wisconsin. But I was super concerned that this game was going to get out of hand and just we were going to have nothing to say here uh, on this recap. Uh, that was going to be any positive. But I thought that the offensive line for Wisconsin was dominant early. Uh, they weren't as dominant in that second half, but they kept moving the ball for Wisconsin and getting them into uh, field goal range at least. I think their first two drives of that second half got inside the five, but penalties and and uh Lack of execution forced two field goals. So that allowed Purdue to come back and get into this game. And they found some rhythm offensively in that second half. Which was really nice to see because I didn't see a whole lot of rhythm uh, from Hudson Card early on. I didn't see them trying to establish the running game whatsoever. And it feels like that they finally got there. They finally got to a point where um, they were able to run the ball effectively with Tyrone Tracy Jr. And I I think that this Purdue offensive line is most effective, and we can see this, um, when they're kind of doing a zone blocking kind of scheme where they're kind of moving the offensive line one way or the other to the left or the right, not really going straight at the defense. That's when uh, you give guys like Maccabee and Tracy Jr. to find those cutback lanes and make those uh, gains that are, you know, maybe one to two yards and turn them into to seven or eight or even ten. And I think that's what this offense is going to have to do going forward if they want to establish any type of run game um, or, you know, have Hudson Card run the ball uh, a handful of times on some of those runs. And some of those runs, I think, were design runs. and. Uh, they picked up plays, but that offensive line looked out of sorts early on. Uh, I didn't necessarily think Wisconsin was doing a ton of blitzing. Uh, they were even getting after card with uh, four guys a lot of the time. And I thought that 
this was a first half that the offensive line really struggled uh, to protect Card and run the ball efficiently. There was not a ton that 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 the offensive line did well in that first half. They did a whole lot better, I think, in the second half, especially when they were running towards the edges or trying to get outside of the tackle box, running the ball. Uh, they did a decent job uh, protecting Card in that in that uh, second half and allow him, allowing him to throw the ball deeper downfield. Um, and but Hudson Card, you know, made some errors. Uh, that that inter- first interception that he threw uh, was, he, I I and I know what he was trying to do, but the defensive back came off the the route that he was covering and made a nice play on the interception. Uh, he just didn't see the corner uh, or the safety running with the other wide receiver, and by that when he threw it, I mean it just made a, a great play on the ball to come back and intercept that. And it really gave this Purdue team some juice. It gave them some momentum um, when they were able to move the ball and, and score. I, I just think that this offense needs to um, play with a little bit more pace um, and try to move the ball downfield a little bit quicker. Uh, it feels like that once they establish something, they don't go back to it because I think they gained like three, two or three first downs running the ball. And then the next play abandon it and go a couple straight passes. And then a a play that gets stuck or stuffed in the backfield running the ball. And we even saw that they got down near the goal line and they tried to run the ball up the middle and it got stuffed. So, they ended up drawing up a pass play, and Hudson Card has to do some magic and uh, find the corner of the end zone. I'm trying to take some of the positives out, and I think those are some of the positives that this team competed uh, for four quarters. I thought uh, they moved the ball well offensively. They weren't outgained by that much. They think they finished with just under 400 yards of total offense. Yeah, 396. They ran the ball for almost 200, which is an encouraging sign uh, for this offense and something that I didn't expect uh, to see. So I, I, I was, I'll be honest. With you. I, didn't, I didn't think that this offense was going to run the ball uh, for 200 yards, especially how it started. I I thought that they were going to get jammed up and be stuffed all day long, but credit to the offensive line for stepping up. Um, But, man, you got to eliminate the slow starts. This is back-to-back weeks now where you've fallen a hole and you're playing from behind, so you're maybe not in your typical game plan. And against a team like Illinois and Iowa the next two weeks, those defenses are just as good, maybe even better than Wisconsin's. And if you get into a hole early, you fall behind a couple of scores like you did tonight, it's going to be the same story where you're trying, you're scratching and clawing. Yes, you might be able to move the ball, but you got to learn how to finish uh, drives. And they really didn't 
uh, do that early on um, where Wisconsin was able to get down the field and finish drives, put it in the end zone. And I think that Purdue needs to find a way to start better, start early, because I think they did that well in the first two weeks. And these last couple of weeks where the competition, I think, has raised a level with Syracuse and Wisconsin, they really haven't come out of the gates firing on all cylinders and looking like the team that they did in the first two weeks of the season. They come off to a slow start. They are scratching and clawing. They are struggling to find their identity and what to do going forward in in certain things offensively and they can't get a stop on third down and things just start to unravel quickly and and credit this team they kind of bundled it up there a little bit they buttoned it up and were able to make this game interesting at least when it was 27 17 28 17 something like that um I, I thought that that was where this team, if you can try to find that third quarter and play it over four quarters. I mean, that's the, the, the coach speak there. I mean, I, I've troubled myself into it. We got to find a way to bottle this up and turn it into four quarters. Yeah. But, I mean, it's true. You can't just play good for one quarter. Um, I think, you know, Purdue has really not played a full four quarters of quality football. You look at the game against Virginia Tech. They had a bad second quarter and allowed the the Hokies to get back in that game and tie it up. Now they played a whole lot better in that second half. Um, Still took the offense a while to get going in that game. But for this game, for this team, you cannot start from behind the eight ball especially with the defenses that they're going to face the rest of the season. Um, Wisconsin's defense, I, I thought it was a little porous. Um, and, you know, there were some opportunities for Purdue to go down the field, um, you know, outside of some penalties that weren't called. I think some of those passes get, get completed. Uh, there was, I think, more deep shots. Now, granted, there were – they were late in the game, and does it really matter at that point? But and that's also a combination of you have to protect Hudson Card and allow him to sit back there and dissect the defense. And he really didn't have that in the first half. Or I, th- you think that maybe there would more be more opportunities for deep shots, but it's still a lot of intermediate underneath stuff. And I think that if you can just give him. A couple of seconds, he can you know step into a couple of throws and not be throwing on the run, or running for his life, and 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 be able to be effective and take the this offense to another level. Because I still don't think they've hit that gear yet, where bigger plays are happening at a more consistent clip. Because and and that could do with the offensive line the not giving him time, you know, sometimes it's the play calling. It just feels like this offense finally got in a rhythm in that third quarter, and then you have turnovers, and then you have penalties. They just, they can't get out of their own way. 
that's been Purdue's biggest problem here these last couple of weeks is just getting in their own way because they've made these games competitive, although from behind, but were there ever really chances, realistic chances that you thought Purdue's going to win this game? I don't, I don't think I have felt that. In the last two weeks, I didn't feel it. In the Virginia Tech game, I, didn't, I wasn't that confident because he thought Virginia Tech was going to go down and score on that last drive and force overtime, and they nearly did. Uh, the way that the team played in that first game against Fresno State, you never thought that it was going to be a situation where you're like, yep, we got this. I haven't felt that yet. And I don't know when we're going to feel that. I I really think that we're at a point where not press the panic button, but I think your fingers should be on it. Because you're getting behind in games, you're turning it over, can't get off the field, and you're just allowing these big chunk plays from the opposing quarterback, whether it's through the air or on the ground. And something's got to change. And I don't know if it will this year for Purdue because I think it's still going to take some time for Ryan Walters to get his guys in here. And that's where I'm, I'm even looking at you know, the 2024 recruiting rankings and thinking, okay, Purdue's got a nice class coming in next year, but still those guys that they even recruit now, you may have one or two guys, maybe a third that see the field next year. I I think this is as a team that, you know, might dive into the transfer portal a little bit more to try and find some higher quality guys because I don't know if, if what you found so far has been all that effective. Even Hudson Card, uh, he's had his moments, but still, consistently, he hasn't been there. And I get it. There was a lot of hype coming in to this season with, hey, we're going to have an air raid um, style. We're going to have a quarterback that has a really good arm, mobile guy. We like the weapons. We have a, a, a all Big Ten caliber running back coming back. We thought, hey, it's all there. Can they put it together? Um, the offensive line brought back some guys as well. Can we put this all together and go out there and score a ton of points? In my mind, the offense hasn't scored more than 30 points. Because I know they scored 35 in the opening weekend against Fresno State, but you got to remember the kickoff by Tracy was taken back. So the offense has scored 28 points. And I think even in that game, they were given a short field after an interception by Cam Allen. So the offense really hasn't found that gear yet. And I think the problem is the offensive line. They haven't given uh, Card time to throw. They haven't been consistent enough in the run game. I think they maybe have found something here with this game. 
with almost rushing for 200 yards, and I think you may have found something with Tracy Jr. Um, my prediction that Maccabee is going to run for 1,200 yards this year is all but gone, unless he really starts to to break off some some big games here, which I'm I'm not as hopeful on, just because he's not getting on the field, and we're starting to see more of a rotation. We saw more Dylan Downing. Uh, this week, and and I get it. Maccabee has struggled holding on to the football uh, for the last week, uh, big time. And the, I guess the the fumble on him uh, this this past week is on him. Even though I think he thought the play was dead, but I think the fumble was credited to him um, after the hit on, on Card was was ruled a fumble, and then ball gets to. Uh, Maccabee and I think it was Maccabee um, that the the fumble um, was given credited to whoever the running back was and if it was Maccabee I mean that's that's unfortunate um, I had to go back and look at it I was um, busy uh, had my attention away from the screen at that moment um, and I know the play was reviewed uh, for a long time but I was had my attention elsewhere uh, when we finally got back to gameplay. I do want to leave you guys with some positives. I think I think this receiving core is still pretty good. I think it's it's getting better as well. I think um, Deion Burks was able to get more involved in the offense. Um, Yassine is con- continues to be Mister Consistency. Uh, I think we found might have. Um, and I don't want to just take a one-game sample and say, yes, we found something, and then this is going to work. I don't I don't even like doing that drive-to-drive, um, saying, hey, Purdue found something here. Let's go, let's go do this and continue to do it because teams are going to scheme against it. But I think that you may, may have found something with that running game with, you know, how they blocked those runs and allowing uh, guys to get cutback lanes. And if, um, if you can have a, a guy like Tyron Tracy Jr. and you can involve Maccabee in that as well, both those guys had the capability to stick their foot in the ground, make that one cut, and go upfield. And I'm I'm hopeful that they found something there because if you're traditionally going to just run straight ahead, this offensive line has not been able to show me that they are capable of of being a unit that pushes teams back couple of yards and we'll gain yardage that way on the ground it's more of a here we're going to turn you and create those those lanes for guys to run in so they got to improve pass blocking wise as well i thought coverage wise i thought guys did a a lot better than maybe i anticipated um with marquise wilson uh, making some plays um we had a Interception by Alessandro, Botros Alessandro. I was just waiting for him to make a play because a lot of the times he's been coming up and trying to jump some of those routes, that those comeback routes or those quick outs or uh, those quick digs. He's been trying to cut those off um, for all season, and he's been close a number of times, or he's just mistimed it. And I think it was only a matter of time before he was going to get one. And even there, he 
he was they met at the same time the receiver and Botros Alessandro got the ball at the same time but Alessandro just ripped the ball out of his hands and started going the other way credit to him um so I I think you know those guys did better than what I expected Tanner Mordecai didn't really go off and have uh, a ton of passing yards and he really didn't need to so they weren't really tested I, I don't think to the to the fullest extent of what the Wisconsin offense is trying to do but I thought they played better than I expected uh defensive front uh showed up when needed to in that second half made uh some adjustments in containing Tanner Mordecai uh didn't allow um uh, so many big runs. I mean, I know they, they allowed the 150 yarder by Allen. Uh, but other than that, didn't allow too many big, big, big running plays and kept them in check. Uh, I know they still rushed for over 200 yards, but uh, that's how Wisconsin, I think, is still going to try to beat teams at this moment. So I think that wraps it up here on the recap show of this edition of Behind the Rails. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether it was live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Um, if you want to catch the uh, podcast version, you can still do that as well. And the video version will be up on YouTube as well. We'll uh, have a uh, preview show for the game next week and uh, trying to get some other things in the works as well. Um, try to get on a, a guest or two to figure out what this Big Ten West is after we are a third of the way through the season and try to get somebody's outside perspective on what they think of Purdue um, if four games in and if they see a path for Purdue to find its way to bowl eligibility, be, being competitive at the very least, we'll have to see. And uh, we'll be efforting those guests for you guys to get here on the podcast. But until then, thank you so much again for tuning in to Behind the Rails of Purdue Football. I've been your host, Bryce Vance. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.